You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Foundation Radio is brought to you by The Dugout. The Dugout provides custom quality apparel at an affordable price. Modern style mixed with classic designs, you'll find retro t-shirts brought into the 21st century. Adam has several of his favorite t-shirts in rotation from the team at The Dugout, including customized Dudley Boys, Prince and the Revolution, and the Notorious B.I.G. t-shirts. Right now, if you purchase your items through their Etsy site and use promo code FOUNDATION, you'll receive 15% off your entire order. That's right, 15% off your entire order. Follow them on Instagram at the dugout brand follow the link on their etsy shop and use your promo code foundation for 15 percent off your entire order the dugout custom quality apparel at an affordable price if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcasts and many more you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started Foundation Radio is brought to you by 10th Ward Barbershop. Serving the historic 10th Ward in downtown Lawrenceville, 10th Ward Barbershop is a full-service barbershop offering quality haircuts, beard trims, and hot shaves. Adam gets his hair and beard trimmed by the owner of the shop, Ryan Kane, and he loves the laser point precision cuts and lineup he provides to him and countless other satisfied customers. But you don't have to take Adam's word for it. WWE superstars Corey Graves and the fiend Bray Wyatt frequent 10th Ward for all their hair and beard trimming needs. Right now, all cuts and trims are by appointment only so head over to their website at 10th ward barbershop.com and book your appointment now with kane jordan and the rest of the team at 10th ward barbershop that's 10thward barbershop.com and we thank them for supporting the podcast Peace world. Welcome to Foundation Radio. My name is Adam Barnard. Thank you so much for joining me today again. My guest today is one third of the Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions and a former Ring of Honor television champion, the CEO of Shane Taylor Promotions. Mr. Shane Taylor, how are you, sir? And thank you for joining me today on Foundation Radio. You are very welcome. Thank you for having me. Incredible introduction. Always good to start off on the right foot. Great job. I thank you, sir. I appreciate that. It's uh, years of radio training when I put my uh, my deep voice on. So, <laughs> right. Uh, I have a big boy voice out there. That's exactly. Hey, you know what? You have to because then people take me seriously. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, Shane, I wanted to just thank you again for stopping by. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, mutual friend Duke Bennett for uh, linking us up together today. I wanted mm-hmm. to start early. I know we have a lot to talk about as far as you know your wrestling career but one of the things I really like to talk about is is people's beginnings and um, how their beginnings led them to where they are Uh, you have a pretty incredible story you grew up on the east side of Cleveland is that correct yes sir tell me a little bit more about how those experiences in your life especially with you know with your father I know there was some uh, some uh, dealings in his life Uh, tell me a little bit more about how that shaped your adolescence and your youth and 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 go from there Uh, um I think when you ask anybody who grows up in that sort of background, when you have, you know, uh, violence, drugs around you, you see things like that. Those things seem normal to you until you go outside of that area. You go outside of those um, comfortable or lack thereof, like you, uh, until you're out of that space those things seem normal. So I didn't know how those things shaped me until much later in life. Um, just how I see the world, how I view people, um, different things that I think about, um, which actually has helped me fully prepare for life in general. A lot of people think growing up that way is a negative and there are some negative aspects to it. But I always say like, I was a grown man at nine years old. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, 
um, you learn the way the world works, the way the world really works very quickly. Uh, you, you learn that nobody's coming to save you. You know what I mean? Like you right. learn um, how to deal with loss. You learn how to deal with real stuff um, that most people even now in their 30s, 40s, 50, like they've never had to deal with. Um, but for me, um, along with those negative things came a lot of positive uh, because uh, that's what made our family so tight knit is because things could happen at any point, point in time. And we lost so many people um, mm-hmm. that the ones that were still here, we clung to. Right. So um, family was everything. And that's, that's essentially how I got started watching wrestling is uh, going to family members, houses, everybody lived pretty close together. Uh, and back then there was only like four big pay-per-views a year. So everybody got one. Uh, and on those days, man, it, it was a party. We had food everywhere. Everybody came over. You didn't have to worry about who was in the street, who was doing this, who was doing that. Everybody was right here, you know, and you could just kind of lose yourself in this world where, you know, the undertaker is chasing the world title and, you know, <laughs> er- everything is, everything is good. I remember Psycho Sid Conk, like he was one of my favorites, man, just an absolute monster. You know, yes. you're just like, <laughs> then of course you would ask your uncles, would you fight him? And they, yeah, you know, I, of course I, I, I'd fight him. Like he would whoop your ass. No, you wouldn't fight him. You know what I mean? There is no then, way in hell you would fight. Crazy. There is no way in right. hell you would fight Psycho said, please stop. Yeah. Not in his prime. Not in his prime. No, like, no, hell no. And then you got the uncles that are like, I'll just shoot him. You're like, oh, that's cheating. You can't just do that. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, but like that that's that's the that's the city, man. That's where I'm from. You grow up fast. Um, you see a lot of things, but once I got out of that, you know, it, it, it was funny to sort of hear me tell stories to my friends that never grew up in an environment like that and watch their faces go from like entertained to like horrified. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? You didn't have that to do that. And they're like, no, <laughs> none of that happened where we're from. No. Right. You know, um, but, but but again, I, I see it as a positive because now I'm I, I feel as though I'm fully prepared for life. There's nothing that I haven't seen. There's nothing that I won't be able to deal with. Um, and, and when you think like that, the rest of it comes pretty easy. Yeah, it's um that struck me a little bit. One thing that you said, um, you know, a couple minutes ago, um, obviously before Psycho said, um, but I can also before I go on back to that, I have very vivid memories of pretending I was Psycho Sid on the playground. And, mm-hmm. you know, you just that was one of the guys you just thought you were. And, you know, if, if anybody ever said he was going to take that guy, that's just it's not happening. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, but you said that you had to become a man when you were nine mm-hmm. years old. I mean, that's that's some really heavy. I, I don't know what that's like. I'll, I'll never know what that's like. I've had my own trauma and I'm very open about my mental health and things that have happened mm-hmm. in my life on this program. But um, that must have been a lot as a kid trying to find your way, trying knowing that, you know, unfortunately, that nobody's going to really be there to save you. And then now you have to be a man like was did that. How did that alter your long term life? Like when you look back on, on that thought and you look forward to the rest of your life, did, do you look at that as more of a positive or a negative? I see it as a positive. I like, like, I understand those who want to be like, well, you know, kids should be kids as long as they can. That's a privilege. A lot of kids don't get a lot of kids deal with situations where either one parent's not home or both parents aren't, aren't home because they are working their asses off trying to make sure, you know, there, there's a roof and lights on and, and food in the fridge. Right. Uh, so a lot of kids are left to their own, are, are taught life skills very early and left to be able to take care of themselves, um, or take care of their brothers and sisters. Like there's a lot of responsibility that's put on a lot of kids very, very young. Um, I was no different. Um, but what, and, and the way I think it has affected me now long-term is I have a very low tolerance for bullshit. Right. Sorry, sorry, sorry for cussing. But, hey, you know what? You uh, know what, Shane? This is a this is a great place to let it fly. We are completely okay. uncensored here, so All go right. for it. The uh, like I like. There's a lot of people, and and I'm sure you've seen too. Like when you talk to certain people, you can just tell they've never been through anything. Like they've never they've never been tested in life. They've never been knocked down in life. They like nothing that they say. You can just see it coming. Yeah. And go nothing that you're telling me is real. Nothing, I, nothing about you says, I need to give a damn what you're saying. Right. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's all BS. Right. So, um, 
I to me, that's been my greatest take from it is the is the ability to size somebody up before they've ever even said anything to me. Wow. To just to just see them and go watch how they move and and the ability to watch how they move without them knowing you're watching them. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And and, and they go, okay, okay, all right, got it, got it. I I see who he is. I I, I see who she is. So by the time they get to me to go, hey, uh uh-uh, let nope. me stop you. Because <laughs> I'm I'm not for it. Yep. We've got nothing to talk about. We've got nothing in common. This isn't going in anywhere. Have a great day. Go on about your business. Um, and so the ability to do that and transfer that to not only wrestling but business uh, and intermixing the two has been incredible for me. Um, so it, it's all all of it. I I wouldn't change anything about the way I I, I grew up because I love who I am now um, and every choice, every action everything that's happened has led to this point. So I wouldn't change anything. It's and Shane, when you say, you know, you have a low, low threshold for bullshit, the older that I get, the mm-hmm. the more I am this, I am absolutely the same way. I, uh, I, oh, I tend to, and, and again, like kids of trauma, right? Like it's almost like there's a secret pact, right? Like you have the right. secret, like almost like a secret handshake. Like you can really see right. it and it's hard to explain to anybody, you know, cause I feel like trauma in some respects, there's a certain like underlying thing that's, that's there. And and you don't necessarily have to like explain what yours is or like what mine is. You just kind of know going into it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like this, this unfortunate secret little club that we all have that we're all a part of. And and it really, it, for me, it allows me to be, uh, you know, I feel like in my own life, it's allowed me to be more authentic, um, more available for people because I know Mm -hmm. that I would never want anyone to be in that situation, nor my Mm -hmm. children, you know? So I'm going to do whatever the fuck I can to make sure that they're not going to be in that same spot, that they're going to have what they need. Right. And I think, you know, I can see that with you as well. It's just, it's, Mm -hmm. it's an ingrained part of who you are. Um, something else that really struck me too, um, in some of the research that I was doing about our conversation was conversations that you have with your dad. You know, your mm-hmm. dad was a drug dealer, um, back in the, in the East side of, in, of Cleveland rather. Um, and mm-hmm. he made it pretty clear to you that he did not want you to follow. I think that the phrase that you use is that he wanted a, he wanted a, a, a son, not a partner. So I'm probably right. paraphrasing, right? Um, and, and, and to correct you, he didn't sell the drugs. What he did was he, um, he, was a money guy, you know? What oh, I okay. Mean? Right, right. Okay. Uh, so, right. Uh, but he, what happened was more often than not, he would end up fighting the drug, d- d- the, 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 the dealers on the corners to I prevent see. them from selling in front of us. There Got were other it. things that people did. He, he didn't do that, but like, it was just one, it, it was one of those things where he was like, look, um, no matter what you do, no matter how you live in this life, you're going to get dirt on your hands. He's like, but um, yeah, I I want a son, not a partner. If if this is the route you're going, I will show you how to be the very best at whatever it is you want to do in this. But um, there's there's no four hundred one k plan for being a gangster. There's not. Right. Right. You know, what I mean, this is not what you see on TV. It's not it's not the glorified bullshit you see in rap or on you know on anything that, that you see. This is a lifetime of paranoia. This is a lifetime of stress. This is a lifetime of, of dodging cops. This is a lifetime of not being able to know who to trust. This is um, nothing good comes of this. Even the stuff that you think you're getting, the money, the cars, the women, what, whatever, as soon as you get caught or something happens, all that goes away. So what was it really for? You've got nothing to show for all the stuff that you went through. You know what I mean? except maybe, you know, some, some eight by eight somewhere. Right. So, um, and, and, and he challenged me to do some of the things that, you know, he didn't get to do or that, you know, or that he couldn't do, um, to be better than him, you know, and my dad's my hero. So, um, I, I, I took that challenge very seriously. So I was the first one, the first member of of my family to go to college, uh, my dad played a lot of sports growing up, but never made it in, in the sports illustrated. I did, you know what I mean? Which congratulations, by the way, that was a fantastic oh, article. It was incredible. I loved it. Yeah. Um, Forbes, the whole nine. Like, so there's, there's, there's a lot of things that I've been able to do that now, uh, it, it it's funny because gr- gr- growing up, people used to see me and I was always his son. Right. Right. Now. When people see him, he's my dad. 
not you know what i mean yeah like, yeah yeah if that, if that makes sense so it reminds it, me of it reminds me of that lyric uh from nas um uh, what's the name of that song he does reach out with mary j Blige. um yes. they used to call me olu son now he's nas's father that's right, exactly. the first thing that popped into my head, right? That's pretty cool. Exactly. It's a pretty cool thing, though, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. To go, oh, you're Shane's dad. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I think so. <laughs> yeah, that's um, me. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's right, right. right. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's right. You that's awesome, I mean? man. Yeah. And that must so be cool to be so able to cool. share that with your dad, too. I mean, to have that, that still have that really tight bond, that connection with him. And then just to see the joy on his face uh, is probably, it's indescribable, I'm sure. Oh, it's, that's probably it's, amazing. It's, there's, there's no better gift uh, that I can give him, you know what I mean? Then to just show him that the lessons that he taught me paid off, you know right. what I mean? Um, and even now, you know what I mean? Like he, 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 he has friends, but he didn't have a lot of friends when we were growing up just because, you know, this, that's just how things work. Right. Um, and so he would talk to me and I had no idea what he was talking about most of the time, but I listened, you know, and now as I'm older, father now of two with with you know i've got my own stuff going on now i'm like okay i i get what that was now you know yep. what i mean like <laughs> I, I fully understand you know like choices that he made that i was like man why would you and i'm like i i get it you know what I, mean? like, <laughs> I, I don't know if i do the same thing but right. I, I understand where you're coming from i i i get it you know what i, I mean? mean you know you uh, can you can always like kind of monday morning quarterback like your parents choices and things course. like or anybody else in your life and it's like oh what the fuck would i do in that situation Bro, you know like course. like and we all do that right we're all guilty of making decisions in, in that split second that we we need to for survival mm-hmm. or whatever it is so um but that's really cool man that's cool to hear that you guys have One that. Of the, yeah. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. What I saw a quote the other day that rocked me and it, it, it was like, you don't realize as a kid that you're watching your parents grow up too. Yes, man, dude. And I, yeah. and I was like, Oh shit. Like, man, cause you don't, you just think, Oh, well you're an adult. You, you should have all this by now. Right. And then you get to this age. You're like, Oh, I know nothing. Like this is, <laughs> this, this is, isn't this it is crazy? Scary. It's who put me in charge of these lives? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I say that every day, man. Shane, I say that literally every day. Like, you know, like I said, I, I, I'm i currently like going through my own therapy and like my wife right. is too. And we're just trying to like discover ourselves from all the things we have had in our lives. And like, right. I think about it and I think about my parents at my age. I'm, I'm 36 and I'm like, I don't have right. anything fucking figured out. <laughs> I, I right, know like, nothing about life. And like, here I am looking, like trying to parent three children, one on the way, and then trying right. to like reparent my, you know, what my, my my therapist calls reparent myself. And it's like, how did, how did my parents do this effectively? And, And, and if you think about it, they prepared us for a world that doesn't exist today. Yes. Yes, they did. So all of the, so all of the stuff that they taught us, you're like, all right, cool. And then in today's world, they're like, yeah, none of that counts. You're like, wait, what? (laughs) You're like, yeah, go, you start fresh, go. You're like, wait, no, no. Where's the handbook I had? It's, you just you just wild. gave me this you gave me this notebook and now you tore it you up. Yeah, it's, oh, it's yeah. You can't use your notes. None of that counts on this test. And you're like, wait, what? Uh, it's surprise. not what I signed up for, Dad. This is right. not what I signed up Figure for. Figure it out. Yeah. Like, what? It's crazy. Like there was no, and this is not to discount anything, but like, uh, like I, I I have to teach my daughters about like cyberbullying now. That was never yeah, a thing. Dude. Like, yeah. Like. Uh, like granted, I grew up a lot around a lot of guns and stuff, but like there was like I have to like. There's actively there's like active school shooting drills now. Oh, and I'm like, man, wait, yeah. Well, like you and I are the I same. You and I are the same age, though. But I'm from the burbs, so like when I remember when Columbine happened, I was in eighth grade. Thirty-five, right? not 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 thirty-six. Uh, yet. I'm, I'm sorry, my apologies, sir. My apologies. So close, close on no cigar. Uh, but I was um I was uh, in middle school when Columbine right. happened. It was 1999, uh, I think it was, and I remember like basically lockdown in school. They would check our bags, and you know, and right. and like you know, I I remember when I got to college, and I would tell like sort of tell these stories. I wasn't naive, like I knew what the world. Right. Was like you know but right. i i have a friend named dan cologne who grew up in very similar circumstances to you and he was like oh man that was every day in philly school you know like he was oh, yeah. like they were always checking no. us there was guards with guns and stuff and like for me it's alien right, right. and then for him it, it was every day but then 
I think about both of those worlds and then you at least you kind of in some weird way, you knew what your enemy was or you knew what like the danger was right, right. online. My son just came home the other day. He was telling me that um, they played some crazy game in his class called Sonic EXE, which is like this weird where Sonic is like this murderous rampage killer. And I'm like, how the fuck did you get a hold of that? Like, how, first of all, how are you allowed to play that game in school? And second of all, where where are the adults watching all the other kids in school? While they, like, And I'm trying to think in my head. I'm like, I never had to worry about this crap when I was a kid, you know, never. and I, I, I just I am completely ill prepared for this. I have no idea what to do in this situation because, you know, you don't want to be you don't want to be a Karen, right? <laughs> Calling the school and being like, hey, listen, like my kids playing this weird game. But yeah, right. dude, it's it's this crazy dynamic. It's a totally. And then on top of that, with a pandemic, trying to get the kids, you know, any any services at all on top, on top of everything. Right? <laughs> right. You're like, oh, my God, this is great. I'm so excited right now. Yeah. So right. um, it, it's a it's just it's a really weird dynamic and it's a really weird world for all of us. But um, I mean, you just like I said, it's just it's it's amazing to to see. It's inspiring to me when I hear stories like this as, as far as, um, you know, your situation and, and, and where you came from. Um, and now you're in this really incredible promotion. You're in Ring of Honor. Um, you you're a multiple time champion and you start with, you know, you did the independent scene and then you you started wrestling with Keith Lee, which is really cool. Uh, tell me more about that experience. When you start, you get into Ring of Honor, you're there. Like, what are you thinking? Like, what's in your mind as you're there? Bunch of nerves, um, because I, I was there because Ray Rowe, who is Eric of the Viking Raiders, vouched for me heavy uh, and would, would go so far out of his way that uh, there's usually about a six hour flight rule. Like, right. Uh, so if you're within six hours of a town, they'll have you drive. If it's past that, they'll, they'll fly in. Uh, so we would do the Nashville, the Tennessee tours uh, loops. And so that's about 12, 13 hours away from Houston, where we both lived at the time. And he would tell them damn near every time, like, nah, don't fly me. I'll drive with Shane. So he would take that drive with me just to make sure I was there to potentially get an opportunity to maybe be, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. He, he's just one of those type dudes, you know what I mean? Like, um, and, and, and so something that, I try to really hang my hat on is making people that believe in me right, making sure I justified that belief. I make them look like Nostradamus anytime I do anything. Um, be because you know, there's there's so many people in my life who've been against what I'm trying to do, and and I, I've sort of built my life on that. Like I pride my my myself. And go all right, made made you look dumb today. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, for for those who are there who are cheering me on, I want them to be right at all times. So, um, there was a lot of pressure to not only bring my best uh, because of the opportunity, because of the platform, because of the legacy and the history, but also because he put his name and stuck his neck out for me. You know what I mean? So right. there was extra motivation. Um, and, and things started good, uh, things started going well. Uh, me and Keith, uh, are pretty much like yin and yang personalities. So a lot of the same stuff that we, we did, we could add more flavor to it because I was the better striker, more aggressive, louder. Uh, he was more high flying, uh, full of charisma. And, and, and so, uh, he was able to sort of play with the crowd in ways that I couldn't, and I could amp them up and do things my own my own way, and it was great to play off of that. Uh, the fun that we had in the ring, people could tell, and it and 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 were able to resonate um, uh, so well with it because it was genuine. You know what I mean? Um, and so then to be able to not only um, start working with him and be successful as a team, but then getting to work with with Ray and and, and Todd. Um, to be able to be in a major feud there against them, that was like, oh, well, then we're golden. You know what I mean? We, we right. go out there and just absolutely tear it up um, because we all know what we're bringing to this. We all kind of had that chip because people didn't expect the matches to be as good as they were. So we were like, okay, 
Okay. Made you look I, dumb today. You I was just going to say, so. I just told you. That's got to be that's got to be a good thing, though. I mean, that's got to be really cool as a performer, though, when somebody, like, you know, for all intents and purposes, is just like, they, they discount you. And then you go out there and you have a fucking banger. Like, that's got to mm-hmm. be um, just a cap or a feather right in your cap, right? I, I feel like that's been more or less my entire Ring of Honor career. Like, just on, on loop. Just like, <laughs> you know, ah, oh, well, he's this, he's that. Oh, well, he had a good match. Oh, well, he's this, he's that. Oh, he had another one and another one and another one and another one. And it's like DJ Khaled at this point. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, if, if anybody's been taking notes for the last four years now, I, I've, mm-hmm. I've been that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You put me in the ring with anybody. Yeah. You know I mean, and now with Shane Taylor promotions, I have a whole crew of those guys. Right. Who go out there and just absolutely destroy it every single time they go out there. They they can do everything. Walk, talk. You know what I mean? They they can they look the part. They, they you know, the, the attitude is there, the chemistry is there. You know, you can see it. You yeah. know, and it, it's like I we took this thing that people didn't want to work, actively tried to make sure it failed. <laughs> and yet here we are, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. And that's a testament to them uh, for their belief in me and their willingness to go out there and put it all on the line and bust their ass in and out of the ring to make this thing uh, as, as successful as it's been. Um, but yeah, man, it's, we are very, very used to being discounted and then having to prove uh, over and over and over again and be that much better, work that much harder. But it works for us because that's just our mentality anyway. So it's like you're pouring fuel on the fire every time it happens and it only makes us better. I I agree. I think I, one thing I, I kind of as a follow up to that question, what do you think that's attributed to when people say those things are like, ah, Shane Taylor, he's nothing. He's not. A, he's a nobody. Like and then you go out there and you kill it. Like, what do you think that it is attributed to the fact where people discount you right away or even Keith, like at the beginning of his career? Like, wh- what do you think that stems from? I think people have a general notion of what they've been told a star is in professional wrestling. Um They've been told what they look like. They've been told what their background is. They've been told a lot, a lot, a lot of times what their ethnicity is. They've been told uh, that they're supposed to dress a certain way, look a certain way, be a certain way, act a certain way, walk, talk, do all these things a certain way. And when you don't fit that mold, it allows people to make excuses and find any reason to keep you where they would like you to be as opposed to where you know you can be. Um, and I've never been JV anything in my life, so I don't sit well on the sideline. If I'm going to be on, on the team, I'm fucking playing, right. and I'm going to contribute. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm yeah. not here to fucking watch. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. So that's always been my attitude about everything. Um, and so that that's essentially you know um I, I asked a good buddy of mine trip lee in ohio uh who originally had the name if we could use it he was like yeah no no problem go ahead and that's what that pretty boy killer moniker is like we don't care what you think a star is supposed to look like we don't care about the suits we don't care about the abs we don't care about the baby oil, none of that bullshit. None of that makes a fucking star. You know what I mean? Right. Like when, when, when people hear that, well, what do you think of stars? Well, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes. No, it's me. It's us. It's every time we go out there that people lose their goddamn minds. Mm-hmm. Every time we go out there, you know, people are standing on their feet. They're cheering, they're booing, they're, they're doing whatever. Anytime you put us on a marquee, Social media is going nuts. Anytime you announce our matches, people buy tickets. That's that's your star. Right. Regardless of who you want to be in the spot, this is who the guy is, right? Mm-hmm. You can manufacture whoever you want, but that's what it's going to look like. It's manufactured as opposed to something that's organic, genuine, and, and, and the people actually gravitate to and they love. Um but that's what that was all about. And that same mentality we still carry now. My guys carry it there. When I brought everybody in, everybody knows uh, or was very familiar with a lot of the stereotypes in pro wrestling, especially for African-American males. And each guy in some way was like, yeah, it's bullshit. And I want to change this. And we were like, 
yeah, we will. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, really, I've, I've, I've had a chance to really like I've I've caught some of the promos and some of the matches. And I mean, not only it, it's fantastic stuff, you, you do incredible work in the ring. It's really quite incredible. But one thing I love and, and I and I Duke and I have talked about this uh, pretty frequently, but it's it's the idea of it's it's the notion of representation inside of wrestling now. You know, as you mentioned, like there are, are a lot of unfortunate stereotypes um, for African-American males, specifically inside of mm-hmm. the wrestling community. Um, and one thing we kind of tie back to, um, and as well with you, like when I, when we talk about Bobby Lashley, even someone like mm-hmm. him, you know, there's nothing based upon the color of his skin or his nationality or the way that he right. even speaks. He just goes in there and he's an ass kicking machine and people know that he's an ass kicking machine because that's what he does. Right. And that's the, the color of his skin is completely irrelevant to the situation. And the same thing with you as well. You're an ass kicking machine. You go into the ring, you, sh- you show and prove you do what you have to do. And none of that is based on, you know, your, your nationality or your your country of origin you know how important for it how important is it for you as an african-american male to show representation in the way that you would want to have had it seen as a as a a young person watching wrestling and then knowing that there are kids out there right now watching this and going wow i can relate to this i am just like shane taylor on tv that's literally everything um and again when i was younger I really had no idea just how important it it was. But as you get older, as you learn more things, as you realize kind of how the world works, as you go down that rabbit hole of information and, and you see these things and you start to like look at TV and movies and everything and you're like, yo, why is it only the worst aspects of our culture that get, you know, displayed and advertised and marketed like, what they show the masses of black culture is like 0.5% of who we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like if you caught someone at their very worst moment and then made that multiple billion dollar industries and it's like, wait a minute, let's, let's, let's scale it back. Right. Right. Inventors, doctors, lawyers, like engineers, people that have shaped the very fabric of, music, culture, of, of anything, of just about anything you could name. Like we've, we've, we've either heightened it or, um, or, or, or specialized in it or, or, or invented it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like, let's, let's, let's really yeah. take a look at what this culture is about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and for me to be able to go, okay, I can't control what these kids are are gonna see in their movies. I can't control what they see or what they're gonna hear in music. But when they're watching me, when they're watching Ring of Honor, when they're watching us, I can control what they see then. And what I want them to be able to see is someone who looks like them, who is proud to be who he is, who is proud to represent his culture, who is proud to represent his people, who is unapologetic about his beliefs, who will absolutely stand and fight for everything that I believe in, but also teach and try to unteach this notion that in order for you to be successful, you have to cut cut everybody else at the knees around you. Mm -hmm. There is room for everybody at the top, everybody can eat. There is there is enough for everyone. You can be, you can work with your brothers to 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 uh, for a unified goal, and be successful. Right. Right. Um, men, women, all all of us. We can work together to get all of the things we need and put all of us in a better position going forward. Um, and, and so, a lot of these things we try to. Make entertaining, of course, uh, but but these are stories that really hit home with the black community, as opposed to, um, you know, like like just kind of just giving stories to everyone. Mm-hmm. This I, I really wanted to focus on. You know what? A lot of times in this sport, the African American fan is overlooked. They yeah. support just as much as anybody, but the things that they want to see aren't necessarily thought about. And I was like, you know what? Let's do that. Let's, let's really tell our stories the way we know they should be told Mm -hmm. and give our fans something that they've been dying to see. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we've been able to do that. And the response has been absolutely incredible. Do you think there's any, do you think there's like a, like deeper levels or farther that, that some of the promotions can go in order to really, you know, make representation part of like a big part of the table? Like, is there any, any suggestions that you would give to say to any promotion, Hey, I think this is where we could improve on these situations. It starts at the top. Mm -hmm. Um, having talent is fantastic. Making, make, making talent champions. Great. Putting talent in the main events, fantastic. Um, but in order to really see that change and understand it, you have to have di diversity in your boardrooms. You have to have diversity in your marketing meetings. You have to have diversity in your coaching staff, um, in ownership and management, all kind of things. Like there's got to be all of that there because then that's going to be the best way to bring the most out of your talent. For example, um, the whole Jordan Miles t-shirt thing, right? Ridiculous, right? Who thought that was, I like, I, I still. Right, right. It's, it's <laughs> the, the fuck, whole situation. Guys. The whole situation was what it was. But you can't tell me if you had two or three black people in that marketing meeting that saw that shirt and went, eh, Probably not. <laughs> well, why? Let's well, hold on a second, guys. Let's back this let's, up just a little on. bit. Yeah. Hold on. Um, <laughs> probably another direction that we could go. Um, <laughs> this um, looks a lot like this. And this over here, not good. Mm -mm, uh, not going to fly. That's not, not, not going not gonna to work fly. for me. Yeah. Not going to fly in 2019, 2020, whenever that mm -hmm. was, maybe 2018. Yeah. I don't know at this point, but that, that's, yeah, that's, that's definitely not, not good. This has been used for years. It's, it's pretty shitty. If we yeah. could just avoid using that, that'd be fantastic. And they'd be like, Oh, could have saved you a lot of time, a lot mm -hmm. of, a lot of cash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but things like, like, like that, like you avoid a lot of those things and having different people in those roles allows you to uh, be more creative because like a lot of people don't understand like, okay, black culture is not universal everywhere, right? There are some things that are, and then there are some things that are very specific to demographics and regions, mm -hmm. right? Being black from Atlanta is not the same as being black from Brooklyn. It's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or, or Houston or New Orleans or anywhere else or from the islands or anywhere. Like you, you have your own, you have your own thing. Like Kofi Kingston, for right. example, right? Yeah. Okay, we'll make him Jamaican. The dude's from Ghana. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like a quick Google search, guys. Like it was there right. then. Like we could have done this. Yeah. Ghana. Like right. learn about what you can do and like and 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 bring that out of him. He did a fantastic job his whole career. This is not a knock in any way. Right. It's just went off from a creative aspect. You're like, hey, we can do more than be like, hey, you you remind us of this other group of black people. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. no, no, hey, you, I'm, you have I'm, dreadlocks. I'm I think we can. Yeah. You have dreadlocks. Right. I think. Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. It's like, no, man. Yeah. Like if, if someone's from, if someone's from Spain, they're not Mexican. Don't make the Mexican. You know right. what I mean? Like, like learn about the cultures and then try to bring out whatever else you can from their talent. Because it's, if it's something that they're passionate about it, they're only going to bring that to the screen because they right. love it. You know what I mean? They get to do what they want to do, be who they want to be. You're not forcing them to be what you see them as in your head. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I think. And again, like you said, I think I think that's really what it boils down to is is having proper representation from the top to the bottom. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily believe in in my heart that there would have been a way for such a breakout year for a ton of uh, different um, people of color, whether they're African-American, Samoan, um, right. Latino, Latina, 
uh, stars inside of every promotion unless mm-hmm. there was a really focused effort on, hey, we're really going to do this, right? You have Bobby Lashley and then Big E as your champion, right? Roman right. Reigns now, Samoan, uh, right. you know, Shane Taylor, one third of, you know, and the Ring of Honor six men tag team champions, you know, right. like you have all of these different components. And I think it's a really important time right now, especially within the past year of everything that's been happening in this country, I think it's a really right. important time to say, no, you know what? We're going to change direction and we're going to stay away from the rest of this crap we used to do and focus right. on the future. And the future is this all inclusive, very diverse group of people who watch our, pro- our product and program hit row. I can say even just as an example on Twitter, my Twitter fucking exploded with hit row when they went on to SmackDown. And the first thing I said was fuck yes. That's the best idea they've had. And since they put the title on Bobby Lashley earlier in the year, Man. like, Come on, this is great. BFAB, Adonis, Swerve, AJ, proud of every single one of them. Um, I've I've known Swerve for years, you know what I mean? So to be able to see how far he's come uh and and him uh and and to be able to accomplish his his goals and and dreams, my guy TZ as, as, as well, who's done music for me, does music with them. Um, to be able to see them uh, reach these sort of heights is absolutely fantastic. Um, and it, it, it reminds, and someone brought up an, an interesting question and they were asking if, if this is a fad, right. And if people are just doing it because of the time, right. Which, which a lot of people could be right. But when you look at some of the major sports in this country, and who's bringing in the money, who's putting on these performances, where all of this revenue is being generated, it, it, it tends to focus that you should probably stick in the direction that you're going. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, pro wrestling has always found a way around that because of who's been in power for so long. But if you look at athletics and look at the landscape, and again, you look at just about every major sport. Yeah. Outside of wrestling being determined by who it's determined by, what stops that from being the exact same thing? Like, like, like what stops that pattern? Right. Right. Wrestling's the only the re- wrestling has gotten to go around that for a long time. But but I think now the rest of society has sort of caught up to it. Yeah. Um, and now you're in a position where you're starting to see now, oh, OK, you're seeing all this talent, you know, um, coming into the sport, all this talent in the sport currently. Um, and this crop, this generation of black talent, I feel as though can inspire the next four or five generations uh, of talent. We have so many incredible performers. I'm going to miss someone I'm sure, but you're talking about your Jay lethals, your Jonathan Mm -hmm. Gresham's, your Trisha Dora's, um, Hit Row, uh, New Day, Lashley, um, even though he's an absolute piece of shit, Kenny King. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you've got so, ma- so many people. And if I miss anybody, I am truly sorry. But um, just talent from top to bottom in every promotion that's Car- Carmelo Hayes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's he's like there's just so Darius Lockhart, Lee Moriarty. I I could go on and on and on and on, but um, it, it's you you see so many talented people with so many different characters, so many different uh, can can just run the whole spectrum of, of things from technical wrestler to revolutionary to badass to you know. Uh, uh, to to psychopaths like like holiday you know yeah. what i mean you, you you can run just as much um you 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 can have just as much creativity from us when you allow us to explore that and be who we want to be uh as anybody else and i i am going to absolutely love seeing what the next you know few classes of uh of of this sport brings in 
Yeah, I think uh, one of the one of the takeaways for me, and I think you sort of touched on it a little bit um, as far as in some of your comments, uh, one of the biggest takeaways for me from last year um, with the movements and, you know, everything that was happening and the, the, the unrest in this country, it wasn't so much of the fact as uh, I mean, it was it was a huge emphasis on like this is reality, right? This happens mm-hmm. to us on a day to day basis and mm-hmm. we've had enough. But also right. we want to seat at the table. We want to tell you who we are and share our experiences and and have the opportunity to share them with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that that I really have enjoyed so far, you know, not just with the pandemic wrestling, but as far as into this year and hopefully, you know, beyond is just the fact that it, it really has felt like this really diverse, inclusive, not just, you know, with African-Americans and Latinas and Samoans, right. but also the LGBT community um, and right. all of these these sort of un- underrepresented and rep- repressed communities inside of this mm-hmm. great thing that we love so much. And, and I think I think it's a really important part that you play in this as well um, with your character and the Shane Taylor promotions and all the things that you're doing. I think it's an incredibly important uh, segment of this as well. Um, but one of the things I want to talk about before the current stuff um, to go back a little bit pre pandemic, mm-hmm. um, you won the ring of honor world television championship. Uh, yeah. Tell me more about what that meant to you to hold that title uh, and, and what it represents sort of in the larger scale for you, man. Uh, being a champion in Ring of Honor is something that I had dreamed of since I, I, I started watching wrestling. The very first uh, Ring of Honor match that I saw was the Briscoes against, I think, like Jimmy Jacobs, and I can't remember the, the fourth person, maybe BJ Whitmer or something like mm-hmm. that. But seeing the environment, the attitude, just watching how, how ravenous the fan base was, I was like, yeah. This, if, if I'm going to do this, this is where I want to be. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. I, I feel yeah. like I could be me. Um, and and re- real quick, I, yeah. I hate just side note. Sure. I hate the fact that if uh, that there's this like underlying thing that if, if, if people choose not to go to any other companies, that right. somehow like a lot of people think like, oh, well, you're not good enough. No, sometimes hmm. people just know the environment that they're going to be successful in. And no other things aren't going to work, no matter what money or prestige may be there. Money's it, it's not, just not going to work. <laughs> money's not money's not everything for everybody. I mean, it's not it's, it's not just it, about money. It's your it's your mental health. It's your happiness. It's your well being. Right. People don't understand. Like again, I can relate to that a lot as a as a photographer. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of as a side right. note to your side note. You know, people are like, oh, aren't you monetizing? Aren't you doing this? Aren't you doing that? It's like, bro, I just like shooting fucking film. <laughs> like, right. I just it's like good. doing I, it. And it's if not. If I did all of that, my head would explode. Like, right. I'm not it's not everything for me yeah (laughs) i'm okay um but yeah that's that's got nothing to do with a person's talent or their legacy or nothing like that it's just like no if i go here i know how this works i know how i work that's not gonna that's not gonna mesh i'm I'm okay over here you know what i mean absolutely Um, but seeing seeing that was absolutely incredible so you fast forward to me being there um Keith leaving, having to find my way, um, f- finding my niche, and then getting to the point now where here I am. Uh, I had the match with Hangman Page. Then I had the match with Jeff Cobb. And then I go to Europe for like six weeks, come back, have my first pay-per-view singles match in like four years. We tear it up again. Um, and now there's all this buzz. Now there's all this Oh, well, Shane Taylor's the real deal. I'm like, yeah, I've been telling you this since I got here, but that's okay. It only took it's you fine. four, it only took you like four years to do it, It's fine. Um, but here we are, War of the Worlds, um, in the ring with three of the very best in the world and Brody King, Hiro, Gigoto, and Jeff Cobb. Um, and I, I, I knew previously, you know, there had only been two other African-American males to hold that title in, in the almost 20 year history of, of the company. That's Kenny King and Jay Lethal. So I knew that adding my name to that book was going to mean something um, because of the caliber, the caliber of people who had held it prior to me. And I also knew um, that when people go back and they look back in this era, that uh, th- those are going to be the men that I'm compared to. Those are going to be the legacies that mine is compared to. Um, I I sort of liken it to Jordan or to LeBron trying to chase Kobe and Jordan. You know what I mean? Like right. 
That's 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 what I feel like that is. Um, and so I knew it was going to be important. I, I knew that I was already making history, but it didn't really sink in just how important it, it was going to be overall until I won it. And then once I did, I happened to look up. And of course, there's people yelling, oh, it's bullshit. You got people just in, in shock, like, oh, this happened. People cheering. But then all the way in the back, there was a family of about 20 people or, or maybe just a group of friends. But, but they happen to be Black fans, and they are absolutely losing their mind. And I mean, they are up on shares. They are going nuts. They're, they're raising their kids up so I can see them. And I'm, I'm looking. They're crying. And it was at that moment that I, I was like, okay, this is, this is bigger than me. You know what I mean? Like, yep. this is something that, you know, th this is a moment, this is something, you know? And um, it, it was right then and there that I decided, you know what? I, I've achieved just about, just about everything that I wanted to in this sport already. Right. I'm able to make a living doing what I love doing. I've been able to see the world. I've, I've won titles everywhere. I want to be able to leave something, leave a legacy that lasts and, mm -hmm. and, and is and is something that um, that when people look back at this era can define who I am, can define the era that I was in. Uh, and that's what I'm doing now. Uh, and, and so um that was one of the main reasons that I wanted that TV title run to be um, as important as it was to feel as important as it did. Um, because I, because, you know, I mean, w w winning titles in ROH is rare. So if mm -hmm. this was my only chance to do it, I wanted to make sure um that it was something that people would absolutely remember for years to come. Uh, and, 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 I, and I think given everything, um, we, we did a very good job of that. Um, and, and I think a lot of the, the frustration, the, that, that led to the creation of SDP in the first place was about uh, wanting to be in that same spot that I saw other people get to, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I yep. know the work that I put in. I know, I know, I know everything that I do to deserve the same stuff that they got. So when you look up, you have this title, which is arguably one A and one B to the world title mm -hmm. and has been treated as such in the past. And you look at, you know, the, the marquee and your name's not on it, or you're hearing matches announced and your name's not on it. And, you know, you're like, wait, what's what's going on? Because when so-and-so had this, it, it was everywhere, right? Now mm -hmm. that I have it, now y'all don't know who I am? Okay, <laughs> right? So, it like, again, just fueling that fire to go, okay, all right. Like, there's only so much of that that I'm going to take before I just start handling things myself. Right. Because you've you've now shown me I can't trust you to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And nobody is going to believe in you more than you. Nobody is going to invest in you more than you. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invest in me. I'm going to promote me. I'm going to talk about how great I am mm -hmm. because no one else is going to do it. You know what I mean? Right. You have um, to. You, you absolutely have to. You have to be your own your own biggest fans, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, I, I, I had that chip the entire run and I was like, you know what? I don't care who's out there. I don't care what match you make. I don't care what opponent you give me. I'm going to leave every venue, every pay-per-view. I'm going to make sure that the people are talking about, yo, everything else was great. Shane Taylor's match though was dope. That mm -hmm. was a fight. That was this, that was that my match will be the one that they are talking about. My match will feel the most important. My match will be the most important. My match, like I am going to make this TV title a prize that people are seeking. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if, if you, 
if you want to be the world champion, fantastic. If you want to be the man, though, you come and fight me. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So that's that. That's the way I took it. Um, and you know, a, a lot of people say it, it's their favorite TV title run of all of, of all time. May, maybe short of Jay Lethal's. You know. Um, but there's a lot of similarities to the things that that we do to the path that we walk to, you know what I mean? And, and, and so it, it's funny to, to see just how different we are, but how similar we are at the same time. Yeah. I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty incredible run. I think you did a fantastic job. And the only thing I hated about the entire situation was that you didn't have an opportunity to chant to, to uh, challenge for the title when the pandemic hit uh, and everything shut down. I think that was uh, a, a big disgrace. Uh, and I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping that that will that will come back around because I think it's a, I think it's long overdue. I think you deserve well, an opportunity. Um, I and appreciate I, that. I mean, other people have gotten matches and rematches and third matches, and I'm sitting here like, yo, where's where's the rematch that I was promised yeah. with 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 dubious circumstances ending the match? Right. You know what I mean? Right. But, but right. Again, hey, you but know again, what? Listen, Ring of Honor, if you're listening to the show right now, Shane Taylor, I'm just going to say right now, you're going to have a big fucking problem on your hands if you don't get your shit together. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm saying. just saying, man, like it's it's I'm glad I'm not the only one seeing it. You see yeah, what I'm hey, saying? Cuz if, if I say it, if I say it, I'm going to have assholes on on Twitter like, mm-hmm. "Well, I mean, if, if you're saying they're not giving you this, why don't you just like, look, do you why don't you just work harder, dude? Yeah. Like, shut the fuck right, up, you nerd. Right, yeah. Fam. Like, OK. All right, bro. You you tell me how hard I work. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. I was like, I, I don't have to say it. it, it it's all right here. It, it's yeah. all right here. The the evidence is apparent. You know what I mean? Everybody but sees okay. it. It's okay. Everybody sees it. It's all it, right. And you know what? I think I think your time will come. I am confident that it will. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm stuck. I'm stoked right now that that you guys are the the six man tag team champions. Um, what's Absolutely. next? What's next uh, for the three of you uh, with the championship? What's coming up down the pipeline uh, at Ring of Honor with those titles? Uh, I, I do know PCO Sledge and Dan Housen just won a match, so they get to challenge us next. Uh, we're absolutely gonna love punching them in the face. Um, and anybody else that really steps up, you know what I mean? Like, I feel as though we're untouchable in this, in this division right now. I I feel as though as an entire group, we are the most well-rounded group in all the professional wrestling. Um, everybody topped them. There is no weak link. Everybody can go. Everybody's a main eventer. Everybody can do it. Um, everybody can be the guy. Um, and for me, um, I, I honestly don't see anybody in front of us or on the horizon that are doing anything with us. Uh, so uh, we're going to continue to go on this record setting title reign. We are going to continue to chase after the number one spot. I believe um, that by the time we get to that final battle season, short of pandemic numbers, like not being able to defend it for that, we should be the longest reigning six man tag team champions of all time or tied with the kingdom um, for longest reign. Uh, either way, it's we're right there. We're, we're like a few days apart. But um, for, I mean, that to me, right, right when we won these, I wanted to make these feel important. Uh, again, same with, with with the TV title. I wanted these to be something that people are seeking. Like, right. no, like if you want to prove you're the best faction here, then you need to have these. If you want to prove that you and your boys are the baddest dudes here, then you need to have these. You know what I mean? You come fight us. If you want to be seen as the real deal in ROH, if you want that main event cash, if you want to be the guy, you, you, you come fight STP, period. Absolutely. And I think I think uh, I'm 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 a little concerned about Danhausen getting his face punched because, as we know, he is a very evil individual. But I am absolutely rooting. I'm absolutely rooting for Shane, T- uh, Shane Taylor promotions in this uh, upcoming fight. Um, if you want to watch Ring of Honor, I know you guys are on Fight TV on Monday nights. Is that correct? Yes, it is. All right. Perfect. Uh, that is our, our ROH watch along. You, you we the all the superstars live tweet during it. Uh, it's a great way to to for our fans to interact with us and really have some fun while we watch the product. 
That's fantastic. Make sure you check and also check your local listings. I know when I was in Pittsburgh, it was on some of the local channels out there as well. So make sure you go out of your way to watch ROH and Ring of Honor Wrestling. Shane Taylor, where can everybody find you on the Internet uh, and some of the other uh, fun stuff you have going on? Oh, yeah. At Shane216Taylor. That's Twitter and Instagram. You can also check out all the links in the bio. Uh, the brand new Shane Taylor Honor Pal just came out. Uh yeah, for anybody who used to have the uh, wrestle buddies back in the day with uh, DiBiase and Bossman and, and 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 the Road Warriors, uh, just like that, except it's my face on it. Uh, <laughs> um, so go ahead and pick up one of those. They're absolutely high quality. They're incredible. Uh, I've got one here at the house that my daughters absolutely love playing with. Um, so uh, yeah, pick pick those up. Plant plenty of great merchandise as well head on over to rohshop.com or rohwrestling.com check those out or again the links in in the bio uh of the social media accounts uh i want to thank you guys for an incredible 14 year career so far uh, we're really I, I know it's cliche to say but i feel like we're really just getting started and um we got something really special going on I agree with that. And Shane Taylor, when uh, when you do when when not if when you finally win the Ring of Honor World Championship, um, I want everyone to come back to this episode and look right in the eyes right now and say, I fucking told you so. Shane Taylor, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Um, I'm looking forward to having you back again on the show. And uh, again, I appreciate your time, sir. Hey, thank you for having me. It was absolutely my pleasure. Uh, and yeah, when when I do, I'm, I'll come right back and be like, hey, fucking told you so. <laughs> <laughs> You'll hear it here first. Trust me. Th- right. Shane Taylor, thanks again. I appreciate your time. All right, brother. Thank you. Foundation Radio is hosted, recorded, and executive produced by Adam Barnard. The show is also produced by Sam Kreps. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Almy. Our intro and outro music is produced by Dumb Ugly. Find this episode and our full archive at foundationradio.net. Follow us on Instagram at foundation underscore radio. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. This has been a Foundation Radio production. Butts Carlton, proprietor. Proprietor.